0: دایی یه فرصت خوب حالا پشت مدافع کولالد عزیزی توی دروازه گل گل برای ایران خداداد
1: عزیزی پاسه توی زمین یکش فردارو به توی دروازه دروازه رد شد گل بنام از بود
2: برای ایران خبرو
1: بزنه کریم انصاری فن گل توی هر
0: Welcome back to another episode of Golbazan. My name's Cena and I'm joined by Arya and Sahans. This episode. It's been a bit of a break for me, and I'm really glad to be back, joined by these two gentlemen. So in today's episode, we are going to be discussing the next two qualification matches. Um, obviously, we won pretty much all of our qualification matches, which has been amazing. Um, so we're going to be talking about the, the next two, and also the the, the 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 squad list that comes with that, it was released a few days ago, I believe. Finally, we'll have a preview the Iran versus UAE match we played on Tuesday in Qatar. Also, we'll have an interview with John McCauley the sports writer for the national newspaper in the UAE covering UAE and Asian
1: football so let's kick off Arya Sahan, how are you both doing? Yeah I'm really good uh, yeah. glad to be back on speaking about the national team uh, it's good that the games are almost every month now um, and we're getting a lot of um, good performances so it's good to cover it.
2: Yeah thanks for having me on again uh, always good to be back on the pod. Obviously, before I forget, I wasn't on the, the the previous
0: episode, the previous episode, as you have, you know, you might not know, but we did an episode with someone, Rodus. It was an amazing episode. I obviously was a fan for this one. I didn't interview him. Arya interviewed him and Pejman. And it was genuinely one of, like, I think the best interviews that we've done as, as a page. Like someone was incredibly honest, um, incredibly sort of like personable. And it's quite rare to get that sort of interview with a Premier League football player that's willing to actually be very honest. I don't know, Arya. do you want to say a few things about that?
1: Yeah, you know, he was fantastic. Someone was really good. He gave us a very honest interview. He was able to uh, give us an insight into his uh, thought process, uh, having gone to the Premier League and also um, into the national team currently. And he was very uh, self-critical, which is very good to see from a player of, of his age. Um, and yeah, uh, check out, it's on, it's on all platforms.
0: Yeah, genuinely an amazing listen. Um, before, also before I go on, uh, we were meant to get Mario Tot onto this episode as one of the interviews, um, and didn't happen for whatever reason. I think Aria, you want to explain a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah, it's just unfortunate. Um, we reached out to Mario Tot. He said yes uh, to the interview. Then he came back uh, in the last couple of hours, uh, just mentioning that you know you have to get in touch with the federation. And the media officer um, reached out to me for details regarding Golbazan, which I sent him. Um, And then a few hours later, uh, they said no. So (laughs) essentially, we can't do the interview with him. So we will try again next time. Um, But at this moment in time, we're not going to have him on.
0: So let's kick on with the episode. So firstly, the 26 players called up uh, very quickly. Obviously, I'm not going to name them all right now, but I think some notable people, Pirelli Ganges back in the squad, which is nice. Um, Ali Karimi, oh, sorry, I've messed that up. He's, he's not in the squad, he's injured.
1: Goal, gone, gone,
0: gone. Nah. No. So let's go, let's kick on straight away with the 26 players that have been called up. Uh, I won't mention them all, obviously we'll, we'll break it down a bit further on this episode, but... Pirelli Ganji, Ali Karimi and Gholami, is, are, they are injured for this for this for uh, for these rounds. Salmani, Karimi, Nick Nafs and Agassi are all dropped from the previous squads. And I think the most notable thing is that Sayed Manesh hasn't been called up, which um, is very surprising. He's, he's a player that I absolutely love watching. Um, but obviously we'll talk about that when we discuss the midfielders and the forwards. So let's kick off firstly with the goalkeepers. So, obviously, I think it's like no real surprise with the goalkeepers that have been called up. What do you think, Arya?
1: Yeah, we can just go past that one. I don't really much to say, you know. Um, they're all playing in Europe. Um, now we have top goalkeepers in the national team, finally. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Nothing really much to add. We've,
2: we've talked about it a lot in the past, and um, it's like it's a good thing for the national team. I guess the only real change from last month was that uh, Bayron Van has started to play some games for... Uh, Boa Vista and he started in the cup in the league and it seems like he's had some pretty solid performances so far so that just adds even more I guess form and competition to the goalkeeping line. Yeah I agree with both
0: of you um, so with the defenders obviously Ganji is still injured which is unfortunate and I know there's been a lot of discussion around our sort of defenders and finding that sort of like magic sort of uh, partnership between the centre-backs especially. I know there's been some sort of like uh, I guess, Twitter comments about, about Tafazoli. Obviously, he, he assisted in a recent Carabao Cup game. Um, so, I guess, like, we'll talk about defenders. Obviously, Tafazoli, what do you, what do you think, Arya?
1: For me, no. For me, no. I don't think he should be called up. Simple as that. Um, he's uh, Obviously, he's playing in the the English uh, League One. Mm, it's not a bad league by, by maybe Iranian football standards. But for me... I've watched him play many times, Tafazoli, and I'm just not impressed. Simple as that, you know. And I think if he was good, genuinely, I think he would be called up because obviously now he's got his Iranian passport. You know, he's a he's a goal scoring centre back. He scores goals, you know, and that's that's great. You know, it's great for him, and I'm I'm really happy that he can contribute to his team in that sense. But for, in my opinion, he's not a good defender, and as simple as that, I don't think he, he defends well. Say what you want about his height see what you want about where he plays, what country he plays in. As far as I'm concerned, we have much, much better defenders even in the Premier League of Iran. So as far as I'm concerned, he's got no chance. So what do you
2: you make of the other defenders, Sahand? Uh, I think that the most, uh, yes, important inclusion is that Majid Hosseini is back in the squad. I think he's been, he was uh, in the team for the July list when we, or June, when we, Had those games in Bahrain, but he didn't play any minutes. And then he was out of the list, I think, with injury, uh, kind of out of form earlier in the season. And now I think he's sort of rounding into some good form again. He had a really good performance against Galatasaray last week, and he was included in the Turkish team of the week. So I think that should help give some more options uh, to Skocic, but I'm pretty sure that they're just going to keep the same starting center-back partnership of uh, Kanani and Shojo Khalid which has performed uh pretty solidly up till now, although hasn't really been tested um super aggressively. Here's, here's a question I'll pose to you quickly because I mean, there's it's, it's
0: pretty much unchanged, right? So we can't really say much. So, a question I would, I'd love to sort of discuss is when poorly Ganji does inevitably come back from, from injury, does it recover. Does he who does he displace in the centre backs? And does he displace them at all? Like or is or is Gossic going to be happy with this with this centre back partnership? Because you know the our, our record has been pretty good, right?
1: Yeah. Look, um obviously the whole thing of if it's not broken, there's no point in fixing it. this I think that's the same case with this. Can, can only Zodegan and Khalida are, are two players who, of course, maybe don't have um the mm, let's just say that the most fans compared to maybe Pradiganji, but ultimately Pradiganji um you know he hasn't been so good to the point where you know you say yeah he has to come in and straight away replace Kano or come straight away and replace Kyasade. I think they've all been relatively same in terms of their performances at club level. Um has probably been a step lower than all, all three of them so it's kind of hard to then go and say you know, just because he's got a lot of experience playing in the World Cup and the Asian Cup, he has to then go and be a, a, a direct replacement when he gets uh, recovered. So, uh, although I think Prali Ganji is, I would say, the best defender out of the, out of the lot, I don't think that it's a case of he comes straight into the starting lineup um, because, as I said, unless something happens, unless, uh, you know, there or Kanani... Do an own goal or get a red card or something like that. I just don't see him getting dropped under Skotich. Yeah,
2: I guess. I mean, for me, I think Puaddy Yanji was actually our most consistent performer since the uh, 2015 Asian Cup. So that's been a pretty long time up until I would say the last year where his form is, I guess, for his club side has sort of dropped or he kind of went off the radar when he went back to China. But for, I mean, a pretty long period, he was probably our most consistent performer. Um, in the national team. Uh, maybe you can include Bayron Band and Tarami in there too. And um, But I think that, you know, it's a pretty big injury that he suffered at ACL tear. And so given that, uh, and given the fact that in the past year, he hasn't been, you know, in, in tremendous form by any means or pushing uh, himself in like a European environment, um, I don't really think there's going to be Uh, enough time for him to make a serious case to displace uh, Shoja or Kanani, who seem to have a pretty reliable working partnership from their time in Paris-Police. Obviously, if any of them uh, kind of make any horrendous mistakes, that could change. But yeah, I think it's a little bit of a long shot for him, uh, given the injury.
0: Mm-hmm. No, yeah. Good points. So what about our fullbacks? So obviously, uh, like for me, Moharami starts, of course, he's kind of like been very, very succ- uh, consistent. Last game, North Afghan started, which is pretty interesting. And I actually thought he had a pretty good game. Um, so I guess like who who would you put as our
2: fullbacks for this game? I would keep the same that we started against uh, Iraq. I know that uh, I think Moharami didn't have a great game against Iraq, but I think he was... Still recovering from injury. He's been having kind of a bad time with injury in the past year or so. I, I mean, that's kind of what stunted his progress at uh, Dinamo Zagreb, too. Uh, usually, when he is fit for like an extended period of time, he is uh, in the team and playing well. But I think that was hampering him a bit in the last uh, international break. But I still think that he's uh, one of Scotch's most trusted players. And even if he's just past fit, I think. And I think Skojic even mentioned this in an interview with Iranian TV, that if even he was past fit an hour before the game, that he would still start in. Um, and that's how much he trusts him. So I think the right back slot, although Hardani is also providing some good pressure and another uh, kind of exciting young fullback, I think Muayrami will keep his place. And then on the left, I think it would be harsh to drop Nur Khan after that. Um, Performance against Iraq. I mean, he wasn't like perfect by any means. I think his his game still has some areas that need to be polished for sure. But I think he can give you um, you know good passing range, good ball advancement. He's strong physically. He's quite tall for a fullback, and uh, he's fit. He's um, you know aggressive, and I think that you know as a young player coming in in that crucial game, basically his first team medley start. In a big game, he really stepped up and I think it would be really harsh to say, you know, drop him for uh, even Hodge Sefi, who's doing okay in Greece right now, or Milod, which I doubt would happen. He's just not really playing uh, at the moment and hasn't really been playing regularly for the past few months.
1: Yeah, I would agree. I think Nor Afghan should start at left back. I think that um, we have a we have a lot of players who can play there. I mean, obviously, he just brought a lot of names up there, Sand, but... I think nur um, if you look at the, the Pershing of Pro League, he's actually been one of the most consistent players in that league. Uh, I don't know if that many people watch it or not, but he has been. He's been really good for Sepahan, and he's been one of the reasons why they've been quite successful these last couple of seasons. Uh, so I expect him to start against uh, UAE and against South Korea. I, I don't think Milad will start. I'd be very surprised if he does um and high safi i would expect him if he does start to start in midfield uh, but you never know because obviously there's there's a lot of there's a lot of players you know, there, you know we've got a 26-man squad and you know scottages is uh is he, he, he always surprises us a little bit with his lineup so you know you never know what can happen but i think the team is strong i think we can pull through doesn't matter who starts, to be honest. I think we can pull through.
2: I guess it's also worth noting that there, I mean, for a while now, there's just been no real standout left-back candidate. I mean, Milad, obviously, with his European experience, you know, he played well in Ghent for a couple of seasons and before that in Russia. I mean, he was kind of the go-to guy, but then even it seemed like K-Rush didn't really trust him for the big uh, World Cup games, uh, even some Asian Cup games so um obviously we've had some issues there there's people like mahmad Naderi who's been playing pretty good for uh, altai uh, in the super league in turkey this season uh with his old coach uh denis lee and they're i think in the top four right now so they've been playing really well he's basically played every game so i think that's somebody else who has their name in the mix you know Nuraf Khan, hoj safi uh Salmoni, jafar Salmoni was tried there Um, So there's like a lot of names, but so far there hasn't been, you know, a real standout candidate that just plays uh, in a way where you say, okay, this guy just can't be dropped. I think Rafkan right now has a little edge from his last games, but I don't think that position is set in stone moving forward for sure. Yeah. I think
1: on Naderi as well, sorry to uh, stop there. So, you know, I think on Naderi, like it's an interesting one, because obviously he has been in good form um, for Altai and he, he is playing in, in a European league, a relatively decent one as well. Um, but, you know, I just think there's he needs to prove so much more because, as you just mentioned, there's a lot of players in that position. There's also players like Saeed in Paris police You know, there's players like um, Der Akshon Mair, uh, Awalfaz Jadali. There's a lot of left-backs that are decent and are of good quality who could easily, in my opinion, you could easily argue they're better than Naderi te- technically as well. So Naderi has a lot to prove. In his last game for the national team, he was the one who gave the goal away against Iraq that made us lose the match. And I'm not saying that has to be a burden on him, but he needs to prove it. Because a young player, you know, it's not easy, but you have to do more. Three four games for Altai isn't enough, in my opinion,
2: you know. Yeah, I think it's just been enough for him to get his name uh, in the mix compared to when he was uh, playing for Esther Lol. But obviously, I think it would take like maybe two or three months of this level of performance before he you know, is really pushing for uh, being like one of the two main left backs or more than that.
0: Okay, cool. Let's move on to midfielders. So no real surprises here apart from... I mean, yeah, midfielders and, and kind of wingers as well. So no, no real surprises apart from the fact that Sayed Manesh hasn't been called up. Um, I mean, before we before we talk about that, are there any sort of like surprises here when it comes to midfielders apart from
2: that? Not really. Are not, really
1: not really. I mean, um, I think mid-
2: the biggest. Oh, sorry. I think the biggest surprise. I mean, not a surprise, but the most notable thing is that yeah, uh, Yassine has been called up again. Um, I think that. Obviously, you know, he's, he's the youngest player on the list right now. I think he's 19 and um, I think they must've been pretty impressed with his performances last time. So it was his first camp last time in the domestic players camp and they called him up for the main team and um, they've called him up again. And so I think that's one to look for considering kind of the problems we have in the central midfield recently um, that he could be one that, Slowly is worked into the rotation and get some minutes and uh, maybe can provide an interesting option for us moving forward. Yeah,
1: I, I would agree. I think you're seen as a player who, you know, could uh, potentially. I don't think you'll start. We got a fan question which we will discover just now. Um, we got a fan question from Ashcon uh, at Pick Up for Life. Is he saying basically should we start Salmoni against UAE? Personally, no. I don't think we should start him. I don't think he should be starting matches for the national team. I think it's still too early, but I think it's a fantastic experience for a young player to be with, you know, the players that he's with, you know. Um, And looking into the, I mean, obviously we're covering it in like in depth, but as a whole, it's a really good squad. It's a it's a really good squad. It's not a bad squad whatsoever. The players we've got available, this is a. Good squad, and I don't like it when people say, "Oh, yeah," but we could have called up this Legionnaire and this Tafazoli or or this Ariport. No, ultimately, it's a good squad, and I think a play like Salmani will benefit so much from it, um, you know. And you know, you brought up Saad Manish. It's a shame, but look, look, there's so many strikers. There's so many strikers in this in this in this um, national team pool that it makes it so much difficult, so much more difficult for him to get called up. Even, 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 if he deserves it, but when you've got the the lack of uh, depth in the midfield, that chance is now given to Money to prove himself, which is fantastic to see.
0: So let's
1: talk about that quickly. So Syed managed
0: like was it was it because like because he's he's been playing all right. So is it because you know there's just there is quite a lot of depth. I suppose like there is a lot of talent, especially in that sort of winger position. Um, like yeah I guess like what do you make of his exclusion
2: well I'm not totally sure if he's been snubbed as a winger or a forward so I mean he can play both and he does play both in Ukraine Um, I think he started against Roma as a number nine the other night um, and he played okay and I think other times he started off the right hand side and other times off the left hand side so I think his versatility I think uh, theory could help him but also it's kind of creates a situation where we're not he's not totally sure Skočić possibly what his best role is yet um so on the wing i guess he would be competing with people like Turabi and Qoyedi, who are undoubtedly more like technical creative profiles and then up front you know i, th- I think uh the one call up i mean and i think is a given just because of his time with team and his like leadership qualities in addition to i guess being in okay form over the past couple of years for uh IEK and then obviously you have Osman and me So then I guess that fourth, you know, center forward position, which this time has gone to Kaverezoi, um, I think, you know, aloh here, you could definitely make an argument that uh at the moment he's in better form and he can provide you with more physicality, more speed, um, uh, than Kaverezoe could off the bench. But you know, then you also have to factor in, you know, all the elements of their game. And, you know, Kobe is a quite well-rounded player. Okay, he has been, like, in the best of shape recently. But, um, you know, I think, uh, I remember, I think Scotch's first match was against Bosnia, and kobe played a quite a good game and scored a really nice goal then. So, um, yeah, I can see how he's been called up. And I think Alohijar just needs to keep working, as I'm sure he will. And, um, I mean, he's definitely going to have a, a important role uh, in team medley, moving forward, uh, it's just a question of you know refining his game, working on his link-up play, uh, his touch, and I think his chances will come. Uh, yeah. Ardia, I don't know if you want to mention Adilipoor too. I think he's been doing pretty solid in Portugal recently, but yeah. kind of similar situation to Allohyor.
1: Yeah, I think with Al-Ahyar, um I think he doesn't need to be called up, and what I mean by that is I don't think he doesn't need to be part of the national team squad right now because he's doing fantastically well in Zorian. That's a great experience for him. He's playing in the Europa League, and he's getting a lot of high-level high, high level football, which is fantastic at, at his age. And, you know, you could argue, well, he deserves it because, you know, he's been playing well. I get that, and I, and I, and I would agree with it to some extent. I think he should be part of the squad. But looking at Skocic's decision, I can kind of understand why he's gone with COVID, because, look you know as a national team manager you have to go with your gut and if your gut is to to play the players that you trust the, the players that you, you you know you you rely on the the experienced players then you have to go with it and i think that's what he's done he's gone of some more experience up front um he wants to guarantee goals you know cover is a guaranteed goal scorer you know he's he's you know done well in europe for a number of years he's been one of the top goal scorers in Belgium before whereas aloyour hasn't yet got to that height so i can understand it from that perspective um and then on top of that you know you're you're asking about ali pour look ali Poor's doing good things in portugal you know he's he's showing good things he's showing improvements he's showing that he's he's a he's a capable striker he can he can be effective for his team he's got the pace uh, he works very very hard um but you know I, don't, I just think he's just missing a couple of things, you know. I, he, he's almost there, but he almost isn't there as well at the same time. You know, I think Kaveh, you could argue, isn't, isn't anywhere near the maybe the talent level of Alipur or, you know, the pace, uh, the skill level. But ultimately, Kaveh has the proven track record that Alipur and al just don't have. And same with Shahab Zahidi, you know.
2: mean, I think it's worth pointing out also that he built that over like multiple years. I mean, there was a time when Kovac was like on fire in Belgium and he was the top scorer and K-Rush still wouldn't call him up over somebody like Kuchan Nija. So, um, you know, I think that he was patient and eventually, you know, he's he's starting to get his call-ups now that maybe a lot of people thought he deserved back then. And so I think that um, also it's sort of a test mentally for some of the players when they're not called up you know, even when they think they're in form or when they are in form to, you know, keep that level of persistence and keep that hunger. And even if you're not called up for multiple squads to keep a show of consistency over a longer period. And then eventually, you know, your chance will come if you're able to keep your composure. So I think that that's, you know, similar situation for Alipur and Allah And And um, yeah.
0: I mean, they'll definitely get their chances as well. I mean, don't forget that, uh, we've got we've got pretty much an international break every month for the next sort of six, seven months, I swear. So it's like they will get their chances, you yeah. know, well, inevitably I, injuries will
1: come. Aliyar will, will be part of the U23 squad uh, after after this camp. He will be part of that squad, same with Yossi and money. So that's another experience for them to be part of the Olympic squad, um, you know, with Matavikia in charge now. So it's not like he's not going to be part of any national team this month. He will do something, which is still fantastic for him. You know.
0: so let's talk about the forwards um again like nothing really to say uh tomi asmun I think we yeah you mentioned the other two Ansari far and um, colori uh I mean yeah pretty much I think they're just not very apart from Ansari Far everyone else is pretty much and uh, obviously Reza to an extent but everyone else like the other the other two solidified their places um obviouslyptmy scored in the Champions League this week um, even though they lost but still like it's it's a good I'm pretty confident with that with that
1: with those four yeah definitely Look, I mean they're they're they'll do fine there's no problems there you know the, the strikers are good the the only the only place that I'm you know uh, I'm you know I'm really concerned about if, if anything is the the guys behind them it's the, Bash, the, Kouris, the those they need to be they need, if they play well, then everyone plays well, in my opinion. You know, when you have Jamon Bash playing well against Iraq, for example, the team just does, it just clicks. You know, so those guys are so important. And then Qayadi and Torabi off the bench, you know, we need them to have the impact, you know. So hopefully, hopefully all things go well um, on Thursday.
2: I mean, I think that when you're looking at the forwards, those two headliners are really like the, they are the, offensive threat of this team. And I think even when one of them is missing, the other one struggles in their absence a lot because it's just easier to man-mark, you know, one top-class player instead of two. And I think that, you know, we're really lucky that we had suddenly produced two players that I don't think any... I think just from an objective standpoint, they are, like, two uh, higher-echelon you know, European-level forwards that I think would get into, like, a lot of uh, the top 15 top 10 even national team squads um, in the world. And so I think that, you know, they give us a chance, especially on the Asian level to, you know, even if we're not playing well, you know, they can pull the games out of the bag. And when we are playing well, they can be the ones to uh, turn that dominance into a score line, like we saw in the Iraq game. So I think that, you know, a lot hinges on them. And they're being given more and more responsibility by Skocic to not only be, you know, leaders on the field, but leaders off the field too. And I think they're showing that. And then as Arya mentioned, it's a really a question of, you know, can that midfield behind them um, provide a supply line, which, you know, John Bach, some games better, some games, like, I still think really poor and off of his like ideal level. Uh, kind of a similar theme, um, uh, I think has been pretty consistently playing well in the minutes he has gotten for Team Medley, but he's not uh, always starting. And um, behind them, you know, like when you're looking at the deeper midfield, that's going to provide the base for these offensive uh, three or four players to go on and shine. Then there's definitely a lot of question marks. I think Saide Zatulah, he, uh, you know, he had a great season last year. He was, I think, in Denmark's team of the season. And then now again, it seems like he's fallen out of shape, fallen out of form. And he had like, some good games uh, last international break. Um, but I mean, obviously, he's just from a, a visible standpoint, you can see he's carrying extra weight. So I don't know why, how many times we've had like this discussion about his weight, but it seems like it's pretty like a recurring theme for him. Nurullah, um, he obviously went to Al in Dubai and he's not been. Uh, in the best of form, there he's not starting, so I think again, you know, there's questions there. You know, can those players be ready for the test that you know, a more technical, fast South Korea midfield is going to provide?
0: I some really good points, yeah. So, what was the sort of like ideal sort of um lineup, I guess, when it comes to the wingers and the sort of like support
1: in behind um and Antaremi? I would go with um. Uh... I'd go with Baron Van goals again. Um, I think it's a bit controversial that one because I think Obizade obviously has been really good for his club and for Arena, but I would still go with Baron Van just because we need consistency in the national team. It's very important. Um, against UAE, you could play Obazade possibly, but I, I would still do the consistent uh, choice of bringing Baron Van in, who is starting for his club now, so there's not really any excuses there. Um, the back four I think uh, pretty much picks itself. I think Moharami will play it right back. Um uh, and I think Nor Afghan will start. I, I would expect him to start personally. Uh, the two the two who have been playing together, Kanoni and Khaleza, they should probably start as well. Um, the only question mark I think in this team would be who starts next to Nur Lahi, because I think Nur Lahi will start uh, under Skocic. Um, I would I personally would start him as well because we don't really have anyone else. Uh, but he could play Haisafi and Nur You know, I would not be uh, surprised if he does that. Personally, I would just go with Saeed, But, you know, it doesn't seem like he's always the starting player. And then the two kind of supporting players, I think, um, as Sahan mentioned, is a bit of a tough one because you've got players who are in form sometimes. sometimes they're not in form. Um, I don't really consider Quds to be a winger. You know, so I don't really think in a four, four two, you're, you're going to play as a wide player. Um, I think you're expecting to see Vahid start and I think he was, should start as well because I think he's so vital to, to how the team um, function uh, going forward and defensively. So he has to start, in my opinion. I think then on the right-hand side, I'm also expecting to see Jan Baksh play. Uh, although I would prefer what is out there but that's just my choice and then obviously the two up front um, you know we know who they are so um, that's it you know I, honestly the lineup could be anyone I think we'd win against UAE anyway but you know it's, you can't underestimate these teams
2: yeah, I think a little bit different to Aria I don't think we're even playing four four two a lot of the time I think that we started the last game I mean we played the last game with Toremi operating on the left-hand side Uh, that's where the assist came from for the first goal that's where he was picking up a lot of his positions Uh, in the second half against Bahrain when we turned the game it was the same thing he went to the left hand side and was playing as the like left forward left winger role that he played with K. Roche but with less defensive responsibility and more um, I guess license to just uh, hang out between the lines and um, get involved with the offensive plays and I think that that's where he plays best I don't think that him and Osmond playing in like a traditional two man forward system really gets the best out of them because they kind of occupy similar places then. And then, you know, you're you're making it easier for the opposition. If you have your two best players, uh, your two best offensive players in similar zones, um, and it's easier to mark them when they're close together. Whereas when Toremi starts on the left and he drops back into the midfield and links the play, like we also see him do with Porto a lot of the time, um, you know, that uh, frees up space for Osmoon and vice versa. So I think that that, you know, gives you some more flexibility with your the rest of your team. So if, if you line up in a 4-3-3, um, I think that the back four and the goalkeeper is pretty set in stone. And then it's just a question of really the midfield combination. And I think, you know, if you're looking for a defensive midfielder, Still, I don't think he's in shape and he's not in form. But Isatole is just the best player we have there, and that's just kind of like the sad reality of how lack how much depth we lack in that position. Because he wouldn't be, you know, you could argue that if we had a, a, a two midfielders in the same caliber as Oswin and Taremi are up front, then uh, he wouldn't even be called up right now. But I think he's going to start. Um, because he's just the only player with those characteristics, you know, physicality, defensive awareness, passing range, and then the next option is somebody like Sarlak. And like the drop off between him and Ezatullah is like already a lot. So I think Ezatullah will start, and I think, um, you know, next to him, you could start uh, Amiri. I think Amiri has to start for Team Medley, and I think he will. And then it's a question of are you going to play Nurullahi or could you introduce Kodus there as a starter in that kind of eight role? And I think I would personally play Kodus, um, but I think Skocic, you know, could very well opt for Nurulahi again. Um, I guess neither of them have been in, like, great form in the past month, but, you know, they give you totally different options. And I think against UAE, you're going to need more play, more creative play, more play between the lines, more technicality to break down a team that's going to let us have possession. So I think that starting, you know, not starting Qadush would be um, probably a mistake that would need to be rectified with bringing him on later if the game is still uh, deadlocked. But obviously, I mean, we should have enough anyways. But I think that would give make more sense given how the pattern of the game is probably going to go. And then you know, up front, Osman and Taremi, and then a, a question of Jamal Bakhsh or which seems to be like a super common theme for us now. Every camp we're asking, okay, who's going to start in that right? winger role and I think John Bash by virtue of his performance against Iraq last time even though he hasn't been in great form for Feyenoord recently I think he will start again um, I think Qulizadeh is really pushing him for that role and if he doesn't play well then Qulizadeh can always come in off the bench So I think that's how we'll line up with John Bash on the right army on the left Osman up top and then Ezatullah um, Amiri either nurullah or Qudus uh, in the middle.
0: So let's hear from John McCauley, sports writer for the national newspaper in the UAE, covering UAE and Asian football.
2: Okay, I'm
1: joined by John McCauley from the national newspaper in UAE. doing, my friend. I'm very well. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks for coming on Global Zam podcast. I appreciate your time. Just give us a little bit about yourself and how our listeners can find you. Yeah,
3: John McCauley, I work for the National Newspaper, which is the, the main English-language newspaper in the UAE and, and the Middle East. Uh, I've been here for, been with the National for 10 years, living in Dubai 13, believe it or not. Um, and yeah, I've been covering the the UAE football and Asian football for the past 10 years and thoroughly enjoyed it. So we're looking forward to this stage of World Cup qualifying f- since the UAE qualified in, in June. Um not the um, the results they would have wanted in the first set of fixtures there last month, but but really looking
1: forward to the next couple of matches starting this week. And uh, how can our listeners find you on Twitter? Is it just, uh, I'm not sure what your at was. Yeah, it's at underscore J McCauley, That's which is right. J M C A U L E Y. Excellent. Okay, so yeah, let's obviously give, give us a little bit of information about the UAE national team, um, about the team news. Are there any injuries? Um, that we of note that can maybe impact the game well at the moment they're keeping their cards very close to their
3: chest Um, for the first set of fixtures we were attending training a couple of days beforehand but this time uh, the UAE it's not quite closed training but um, they haven't been putting any players up for interviews or anything for the last couple of days as they did for the first set of fixtures match day one and two so at the moment, from what I know, is that it seems to be a clean bill of health, thankfully, for the UAE. For the most part, they had Kai Kanedo, who's one of the naturalised players. He's a forward. Um, he was struggling more or less since the last match day, match day two. He plays for Ain here, which are obviously the most decorated team here, one of the biggest clubs, they would say, in the Middle East. Um, he's just come back to to training with his club and and he wasn't, in the initial squad that got announced by manager Bert van Marwijk last week, but he's since been called up. So that's very, very good news for the UAE national team. Um, But other than that, it seems to be they're, they're in a lot better place. Let's just say than they were going into the, the opening two fixtures.
1: And obviously on top of those new, those two fixtures that they, they did have uh, obviously both draws. um, How do you think this UAE team will, will will fare against Iran on, on Thursday?
3: Well, are you, <clears throat> excuse me, they've, they've got a lot um, of ground to make up, even though the, the table, you know, they're only two points behind South Korea in second, <clears throat> excuse me, and, and obviously four points off Iran. But it, it, there's no, no getting around it. They, they need vastly improved performances than they gave against Lebanon and Syria. One of the main concerns whenever they, in both matches, in fact, was that their inability to take chances. They did actually make quite a few chances, but they didn't take them. And they were made to pay for that. So to return two draws out of those opening two matches was was very disappointing, especially on the back of a really really good June where they had those four matches in that condensed period and and won all four to progress to the third round. And make no mistake, Iran are are a huge step up to in in all respect, all due respect to Lebanon and Syria. Iran, you know, number one ranked team in Asia and, and certainly favourites for this group. So the UAE know that they have to have to be at their best, really, if they're going to get a result on Thursday.
1: Do you have any predictions for the match?
3: <laughs> I, I try not to when it comes to UAE football. As I said, I've covered it for, for a decade now, so I know, you know making predictions is probably a fool's errand. So I, you know, the odds aren't in their favour, let's just say, because of the strength of Iran. But, uh, and the first couple of matches, you know, the, the confidence maybe not quite as high as what it would have been coming into the third round. So, if the UAE were to get away with, with a draw, that would be a massive result and set them up for their home match against Iraq five days later. But it's going to be a very, very tough task. And I, I, I know that the, the national team, the people around that understand the, 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 the challenge that they have ahead, let's say. But um, look, they're determined. To, to put September's results, last month's results, right. And, um, you know, there's no better place to do it than at home in, in front of their fans and against the number one team in, in Asia, as I said. Fantastic. I appreciate your time, John. Not a problem.
0: Thank you. Okay, so we mentioned some keys to success in this game. Um, I think one that I also want to highlight is that obviously with, in my opinion, if Gordos does start alongside, it like in the in that midfield... Um, Ezotole has to be there because otherwise, it, like the thing with Ezotole is even though he's not really in form right now, he does offer that sort of flexibility and freedom to other players to go up because he is so strong in that midfield. He can dominate it. Whereas if you put other players in that, it's less solid. So it leaves a lot of holes um, and it leaves Iran way more vulnerable, in my opinion. So he needs to be there. Um, for, for Rodos to be there. Otherwise, it won't work. There'll be too many holes. It's, it's too it's too offensive. Um, yeah. Yeah, What other sort of, like, keys to, to
1: victory do you see in this game? Um, the fullbacks. Uh, we need to get them forward. You know, I think Muar and North Afghan, um, very good going forward, both of them. But we need to see more of that. Um, because, as San said, we're expected to keep possession. We're expected to to be the, the, the offensive-minded team in this game. And I think that the fillbacks giving us that that extra width uh, in the attacking areas can really uh, cause UAE a lot of problems. UAE uh, drew against Lebanon. Uh, they also drew, I think their last game was against, I uh, can't remember who it was against, to be honest, but it was it was one of the teams in the group. Anyway, they, they drew that game as well. So ultimately they don't seem to be the strongest team going forward. So I don't think there's so much like issues they're going to cause us in the in the in their attack. So I think we can afford to push guys on. Um, and as you said, if Ezatoloi does start, that gives us much more security in defence because he can just drop off and be a almost like a third center back. So um I'm expecting us to do that. And i and I think that you know if uh, the time is right the substitutes will, will have a big impact as well. You know, you're speaking about the keys to a victory. Borezadeh came on in the second, in the second half against Iraq. You, 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 you know, 3-0, he scored the goal. Uh, Kaiman Sari Far, he got the assist. These players are, are making impact off the bench. Remember, we can make five substitutes. We've got players like Koyadi and Torabi, who are fantastic technical players of, of great speed. So, we have a lot of ways you could win against UAE. I don't really think they've got a particularly strong team, if I'm being honest with you. I think we should be able to beat them um, comfortably, but you never know. You never know.
2: Yeah, I think the fullbacks are going to be important. I think they're both, you know, solid players. I think Mohairami has really improved a lot defensively. I mean, he used to be more of a like offensive weapon in Iran, but kind of changed his game in Croatia. I think based on the demands of the uh, coaching staff and stuff, but I think that both of them, I wouldn't call them natural crossers. I think they can both do good things offensively, but I really hope that we, you know, utilize that aerial presence that Osborne and Taremi have. You know, I think that that's one of the things we really uh, still aren't making the best out of them in the past uh, eighteen months or so is that ability. I think you know Taremi provided the that golden cross for John Bach. Uh, against Iraq to open the scoring. And I think that's the sort of, you know, caliber of crossing and service that him and Osmoun really need because they're both great in the air. Um, So hopefully, you know, getting the fullbacks involved, they can find openings and provide that. Um, I think a lot of the key is also going to be, you know, those creative players like John Bach, If he starts. um, When they get the ball against this sort of deeper block that's probably not filled with the best players, you know, they should be able to really assert their dominance in a game like this. And, you know, these are the games, I mean, okay, you know, in the top, in the hardest, hardest games, if are going to play like Japan or South Korea or play in a World Cup, you know, then you're going to say, okay, these guys are going to have limited time with the ball. And it's more about, you know, like trying to keep possession or, uh, you know, find moments and pockets to, to do something. Um, but in a game like this, you really want them to stamp their authority and show that they are like a higher level technically. And so I think that if we can get them firing early, um, then it'll just be a lot easier for us to uh, go on and dominate the game and win the way we should really.
0: All right, cool. So before we go to fan questions quickly, what are your predictions?
1: Um, for me, I think we'll win. Um, I'm going to say two nil, I'm going to say two nil.
2: Uh yeah, I think I think two 0 as well.
1: What were you, yeah, no I'm the same. see now? Okay. Yeah, two yeah Two 0 for me. Okay, fantastic. Okay, let's go to the fan questions. We only got a couple. Um, we answered a a good few of them in our in our own discussion, so that's probably why we haven't answered yours. Um, we've got one from at Mister Sam Sion. He's asking, should To Taremi look to move to a, to the Premier League team? Um. It's not really national team related. You know, we can answer it. Yeah, you know, why not? You know, he's, he's doing really well for Porto. Uh, I hope that he does, you know, I hope that he does move to a big, a big, big league. You know, simple as that. <laughs> Nothing to add to that, to be honest. Um, Let's go to Instagram. We have a question here from Amir. His at is Amir, E-S-A-I-T-C-H. He asks, um, do you think Maggi should start over Shoja? Personally, no. Uh, I don't think he should. I mean, I'm, I'm a huge, huge Maggi Dossaini fan, but for me, Maggi he hasn't been playing well and he didn't play today. Um, and, you know, as far as I'm concerned, he needs to get himself a little bit of playing time before he gets into the national team, you know. So, uh, he's a good player, but not just now.
2: I mean, I guess on Taremi, I wouldn't say he just needs to move to the Premier League for the sake of playing there. Because I think Porto are a big club. And I think, okay, you take away that performance against Liverpool where they were basically missing like four out of the eleven starters. Um, and pretty much since Taremi's been there, I think they've always been competitive against whatever team they've played. You know, they played two very close games against Man City. They tied mm-hmm. one. They beat Chelsea. Okay, they lost one game and they beat them once. They were the only team that beat Chelsea in the Champions League last season. They tied Atletico Madrid in the first game this season, uh, away from home, and they very easily could have deserved to win that game. And so I think that's a team that's consistently performing at a high level against the best teams in Europe. I don't think you just leave that just to say you play in the Premier League, and I don't think Taremi would either. Um, Having said that, I think that he's, uh, I think he's the best player we have right now. And I think that, uh, he definitely can make a step up. I guess he's he's twenty nine now, uh, turning twenty nine shortly, or he is twenty nine, and uh, I guess that's like a little bit old um, to make a transfer, but by no means is a deal breaker considering you know his uh, physical capabilities right now, his form, his rate of improvement. I think he could um, definitely look to, you know, make a jump to one of the big leagues. Personally, I prefer, you know, if he's going to leave Porto, it should be to a top uh, team that's definitely better. I think, you know, a team like even Juventus, I think he would be a good fit for you know, Inter Milan, um, you know, those level teams. Um, I think it could be, you know, reasonable targets if he keeps up this incredible form for another six, seven months
0: sweet let's uh let's wrap up there then so thank you again uh Sahand and Arya for for the podcast it was a pleasure talking to you thank you as well to john McCauley for his time don't forget we have an article before the game on tuesday on our website and also we're going to be doing a live twitter spaces before and after the kickoff on tuesday against uae so please do stay tuned for that it's on, th- it's on uh, thursdays you know it's on thursday oh sorry sorry yeah. thursday i misread it <laughs> <Do> It's <again. laughs> Mate, it's dyslexia kicking in, man. Don't forget, we have an article before the game on Thursday on our website. And we're also going to be doing a live Twitter Spaces before and after kickoff uh, against, the U- against UAE. Um, so please do stay tuned and follow us on social media and all podcast platforms. And yeah, thank you again, Arya and Sahan for joining me. And yeah, we'll wrap it up there. Thank you so much. Thank you.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me.
1: I'm playing for the Iranian national team and Brentford Football Club and you're listening to the Bazan podcast.